Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. I am so excited to be with you here to continue this series that we are calling Heaven and Holiness. Now, this series has started to show us how we can distinguish the difference between what leads us to heaven and what leads us to living in holiness. Now, these two things might seem very similar, but knowing the difference between the two could change your life, maybe even your eternity. So let's jump into it. As I started thinking about the topic we're going to be hitting on this week, it reminded me of a friend that I used to have when I was younger, like back in college days. You see, this person was a ton of fun. Whenever we got a chance to hang out, they were like the best. They had this great energy. They liked a lot of stuff me and my other friends like. And really, anytime they were around, it was just a good time. There was just like one tiny problem. This dude was flaky. Now, one of my guys in the group would like reach out to this guy and they'd be like, uh, yeah, you want to come hang out? And the dude would be like, yeah, you better believe I'm going to be there. And then we would fast forward to the event that he was invited to, confirmed he was going to go, and, and we're there having a great time, and we're looking around, and we're like, hey, where's so-and-so at? And then someone would like send a text and get no response, and then someone would like make a phone call, and then it would go straight to voicemail. The night would happen, and no one would hear anything from him. And it wouldn't be till like a few days later that this friend would come back around and try and ignore the fact that he missed out on the event that he missed out on, and inevitably, someone would be like, hey man, so what happened the other night when we were all together? And it would always be answered with something like super vague, like, oh, I totally forgot, and my phone was dead, and you know, I don't know, or it was always something like that. And then they would just drop it, never speak of it again. Now, most of the time we'd find out that this dude was like chasing a girl he knew he probably shouldn't be chasing after, or just getting into stuff that he should have been staying away from. It basically got to the point where we would always invite the guy, but never really expected him to show up. We just could never depend on him. Have you ever had a friend like this before? Do you currently have a friend like this? Do you have that friend that you're thinking about like right now uh, that you're like, that's the bro? Well, here's the tough one. Have you ever been a friend like this or are you currently being a friend like this? Now this isn't meant to like throw stones. I, I totally flaked on a friend's poker night recently and I did not feel awesome about it. So that, that's just how it went down. But anyways, uh, now there, this is pretty low stakes, right? Like this flaking on hanging out and whatever, pretty low stakes. Asking a friend to come and hang out isn't a huge deal. But what about high stakes stuff? Are there some places where you feel like there's no room for flaking at all? So us being like here at church, it makes me think about more eternal things, holy things. Like, do you ever think God would be like this with you? I mean, we learned what it takes to get into heaven last week, but are you ever worried that God would flake on that? For example, like, you're worried maybe God would be like, I know I said all you have to do is believe in who Jesus is and what he did here on this earth, but I actually need you to be really, really, really good too. Or maybe you fully trust that God will always have your back, but you get worried that you're going to be the one that flakes. Maybe you get worried that you won't be able to come through for yourself. I mean, you've only got one job, but you find yourself asking, do I really believe? With that being said, can we be sure that we aren't 
the flaky friends to God? What about if we are good sometimes in our belief, like we're all in, but then other days, not so much? What does that mean for us? So today I want to ask and eventually answer two very big questions. One, will God flake on me? Two, can I flake on God? Now, before we start answering those questions, we need to do a quick review of last week. Remember, we defined a few things, right? First, we defined sin. And sin is simply an action or actions taken that causes someone to miss the mark of the helpful targets and guidelines God has set up in this world. We also learned that sin is what keeps us from that physical relationship with God. And that just one sin in our life is enough to remove us from his presence for all of eternity. Then we defined grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God shown to us. Now, to get us back in a community with him, God created a sacrificial system where animals would be sacrificed so people's sins could be washed away. It was grace from God. However, the greatest grace that God has ever shown us is Jesus coming down to earth. Jesus was God in human form and lived here on this earth with us, without any sin, without ever sinning. Jesus laid his life down for us and became the perfect and ultimate sacrifice for all of our sins. We learn that Jesus is our opportunity to get back into God's community. So Jesus is the opportunity that, that gave us this chance to be in community with him. But what if he takes me on a test drive? What if he takes us on a test drive and is like, nah, I'm good. This is a lemon. What if God flakes on me? Well, let's look at some of the scripture and let's see how this could potentially play out. Well, let's look at the letter written to the Hebrews. Now, according to the research I was able to do, no one is fully sure who the author of this letter is. This is an, there's an outside chance that it could be the Apostle Paul, but most theologians uh, wouldn't def defend that point. Uh, there is actually a list of 11 different people that it might be. But what we can determine from the writing is that the author was well-versed well in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which we would call like the Jewish, script Jewish scriptures. Uh, with, with that in mind, the author was probably a well-educated Greek-Jewish person who had become a Christian. Now, more than likely, the audience would have been very familiar with who this author was. Either way, the author wanted to make sure that they got this letter out to a Christian church where they were mostly Jewish and being tempted to return to the religious practices that their families had done for generations, like sacrificing. Now, with these temptations being around, the author wanted to make it clear to his audience that God had created a better way for them to do things. God made this better way to stick around and not be flaky. Let's take a look at it. Hebrews 10 says this. First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never fully take away our sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There, he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. 
So there are a couple of places where you can see the author with their chest fully out, explaining that God is not going to flake out on us. And here are the three places that the author says this. The first one happens in verse 10. They say the sacrifice of Jesus was made for us to be holy once for all time. Then in verse 12, the author explains how our high priest, Jesus, sacrifices himself so our sins are taken care of and that sacrifice will be good for all time. And to cap it off, the author explains that Jesus' one sacrifice made people that believed in him and the works he did here on earth perfect forever. Now, whenever you find yourself going through the Bible and you see something being repeated like over and over again, it's incredibly important. Here within six sentences, the author nails this point home three different times. Jesus' one sacrifice is enough to cover your sins for all time. It's not like back in the day when the sacrificial system where you had to go once every year and it didn't matter how many years in a row you had gone to the priest to make your sacrifice, you were still going to have to go next year to wipe away the sins that you were about to make. So here the author is trying to explain to these folks that have very strong Jewish roots. He's telling them that they don't have to worry about going back to the sacrifice over and over and over again. One time was enough. Now, if that isn't enough for you to see that God isn't going to flake on us, we can take a look at the letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. This church had a great deal of diversity. It had people with a Jewish background, but it also had people coming in from all over the world to be a part of this church. And this is how the Apostle Paul explained this idea of flake God's flakiness to the group in Rome, or really, God's lack of flakiness. Let's take a look at it. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So here we can see that when we were sinners, when we had missed the target and stepped outside of God's guidelines, while we are on that side of the equation, God showed us all kinds of great love. People had stepped away from God. Adam and Eve walked away from what he wanted, and even in our sin, God loved us and sent Jesus. So why would his love change once our sins have been wiped clean by Jesus? Once we believe in Jesus and the works that he did here on earth, we're good with God forever. God isn't going to flake on us. Jesus' one sacrifice is enough to cover all the sins which are any action or actions taken that causes someone to miss the mark of the helpful targets and guidelines God has set up in this world. Jesus' one sacrifice covers up for all of these sins forever. Now, this is great for all of us. We can trust in God and his word. And I think that's something that a lot of us can get on board with. But that's only half the equation, right? Because we are on the other side of this deal with God. Which brings us to our second question for today. Can I flake on Jesus? Can I say I believe one day and then not believe as much another day and all of this forgiveness like goes away once I believe a little bit less? Now, this is a real worry for a lot of people and I get it because it's hard to nail down what faith is. Like, how do I know I really believe and not believe like a little bit and, and you know, like all of that? Well, there is a way that we can kind of break down our, our belief. One of my professors in seminary, in, in seminary broke it down like this. Faith can be compartmentalized into two different categories. We'll call them the two C's. We can comprehend 
the claims of Jesus. And this means that we understand all the things that have been claimed about Jesus. He was God on earth, lived a life without sin, and sacrificed himself as our ultimate sacrifice. So just comprehend what this is. The second is to have the confidence in these claims, right? We have to be confident that these things are true, which I think is where a lot of us get tripped up. Maybe some days you can have all kinds of confidence, but others you find yourself asking the question, is this all real? A cool church, that's normal. To ask that question isn't crazy. To ask that question isn't a bad thing, and to be honest, every now and then, I ask that question myself. So when I ask is, is this really real? I'm able to combat that. And here's how I can do that. First off, there's, there's a ton of scripture that I can read, that we can read, to help us figure that out. Second, there's so much historical proof of the existence of Jesus and his followers living their lives the way the authors of the Bible describe it. Third, I can pray and actually have a real conversation with God about it. And this is the exact kind of question that God welcomes. There actually isn't any question or topic that is off limits with you and God. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. Remember, he's been trying to get people back into community with him ever since Adam and Eve. It's literally the entire reason that Jesus came back down to earth to make his sacrifice. Now finally, a good way for you to answer this question, is this real, is you look at the life you've lived. At some point, God's shown up. In some way, something has happened that goes beyond all explanation. If for nothing else, lean on that work God did in your life. And I've also heard another self-doubt when it comes to us flaking on God. And you know, I've talked to people about this idea that if you still sin, then you can never really believe or you never really believe to begin with, right? Or if you sin too much, you're flaking on the faith and, and you aren't covered anymore. And, and that makes sense, right? Like in our brains, we, we need to see justice. We have to make things fit. In our brains, this idea of a meritocracy where you do good things and good things happen because of that, like that makes sense to us. It's logical to our brains. So let's take a look at scripture that will help explain to us if our sin can help us flake out on God. So let's take a look at the letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church. There it says, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's remember what we just talked about a few minutes ago. When we're reading through the Bible, it's good for us to pick up on things that are repeated over and over again. And in this passage of Romans, the idea of God's grace being a gift is brought up five different times. Here, God's grace, which is Jesus, is called a gift, a gracious gift, and a free gift. The grace thing that we talked about with God, we have a lot of trouble wrapping our heads around it. The meritocracy makes sense to us, right? What goes around comes around. That is logical. That's why some people dive into karma so easily. 
Our brains can process these things in a very simple way. But a gracious and free gift, a gift that is given to us by God, when we deserve to be removed from him for all of eternity, that's hard to grasp onto. The way we see things working, the way we think the world should run is justice-based. The way we think the world should go is in a fair way. But that's the difference between us and God. We think of fairness. But our God isn't necessarily fair. He's actually better than fair. He's kind. He's graceful. Now let's take a look at more of Paul's letter to the Romans. There he writes, And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. So this is a kind gift given to you for free. Jesus is given to us, and we don't have to do any works. There are no hoops to jump through. There are no sacraments we have to fulfill. We don't even have to work to keep it. Yeah, once we believe, we're in. Theologian Dr. David R. Anderson explains it in this book, Free Grace Soteriology. There he says, Once you believe, you can never be lost. You can never go to hell. Christ will always be your Savior. You can nail down your eternal destiny once and for all so you never have to worry about it. This idea that we can out-sin or under-faith our ways away from Jesus is totally wrong. We can't flake on Jesus once we believe. It's like this. Let's say we go to a restaurant with a friend of ours. We have a delicious meal with this friend, and it's, it's fantastic. We have a great time. It's awesome. And before the meal's over, our friend lets us know, like, they're going to they're gonna go meet us outside, which is, like, kind of a weird move, but, but okay. So then when you get up and you go to pay the check, you realize they already paid for the meal. And at this point, you, you can't pay for the meal, right? It's already been paid for. It was a free gift given to you, given to us. Also at this point, they aren't going to give you your money back. You already ate it. It's now a part of you. It's now living within you. The transaction is finished and there is nothing else you can do. This is how it works for us with Jesus. Once we believe, he becomes a part of us and pays for our eternity. We can't pay for it anymore. He took care of it and will always take care of it. Also, this is a gift that's freely giving undeserving of us. It doesn't matter what we've done, we're gonna get it. We can't give back what was given to us for free. And to do that, we would have to think that our own powers, our own abilities are greater than God's own powers and abilities. We would have to think that there was something that we could do that would be more powerful than the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Do any of you think that you have that kind of power in your arsenal? Of course you don't, you shouldn't because none of us do. So if you're worried that you can flake on God, stop. You can't accidentally lose your eternity in community with him. You can't accidentally lose your current community with him through the Holy Spirit. Now for some of you, you're listening to me right now and you're like, I don't have that community with God. I haven't received that free gift. If that's you, first I wanna thank you for being with us here today. However it is you ended up listening to this conversation that we're having, I'm just going to say it's a straight-up miracle. Because now that you've heard this, you understand how you can change the rest of your life. You understand how you can change the rest of your eternity. 
And all you have to do to change these things is simply believe Jesus and the works that he did here on this earth. To confirm that all you have to do is let God know that you believe in that. You can just tell him. We would call that a prayer. Just talk to God and let him know that you believe. Now, if you want some help in, in what that conversation can look like, I, I'd like to lead you in that prayer. And to, to further help you, on your, uh, help you out in this time, I'm going to ask all of our Akuo community to pray along with you right now. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community praying with you. So if you want to receive that free gift today, just bow your head and pray something like this to God. God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Today I say I believe in who Jesus is and what he did while he was here on this earth and what he does every single day. Thank you for everything. Amen. Now let's stay with our heads bowed and if you've had this gift of grace, whether it's been for the last five decades or the last five seconds, and you want to rest in the eternal security of God's free gift, then pray something like this with me. God, I'm sorry for doubting. Continue to remind me of how good and grace-filled you are. Help me remember that I'm not more powerful than the sacrifice that Jesus made. Help me hold on to you, especially when things get hard and I don't want to. God, hold on to me even when I let go of you. Thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, guys, thanks again for spending time with us here today. Before we go, I have a few things that, that I'd like to share with you. You know, we've been talking about community and, and how important it is for us and, and just, it, it's what our church is all about. And we actually have a handful of community groups that have started over the last few weeks and we want you to be a part of this. If you're interested in being a part of one, just go to our website or our social media and, and click on the Get Involved link and, and you can just get going there. And there are actually six different groups that you can be a part of right now. And the one I wanna highlight this week is called The Breakfast Club. Now this is a men's group that meets weekly to eat some tacos, maybe some donuts, get to know each other, and talk about the pressing issues that we are dealing with in our lives. This is actually a community that I'm a part of, and I gotta say, I really look forward to meeting, with, meeting up with my dudes every single Monday morning. This group meets on Monday mornings, I know it's early, at 6 a.m. at the original donut shop. However, we won't be meeting tomorrow on this holiday weekend, but every other week, we will definitely be there. To join this group, you can go to our website, and in the Get Involved tab, you can click on Community Groups, then you can join the Breakfast Club. Now, this might not be the right group for you, and that's okay. No matter what, we want you to find the right group for you. There are five other communities that might work for you, and we know that becoming part of one of these communities might be the most important thing that you've ever done while you're here at Akuo. Now, speaking of community, we have bigger plans for the community here around us coming up in the next few weeks. For the second year in a row, we will be hosting a trunk or treat here at our church. Last year, we were able to hand out so much candy, 7,200 pieces of candy to be exact, uh, and to more than 345 trick-or-treaters spread across more than 150 families. 
It's been one of my favorite things that we've done since we got this church started. And guys, I want you to be a part of this with us. Now, if you're interested in being a part of this, there's a few things that you could do. You could uh, help us with making sure cars get in and out of the parking lot. You could open up your own trunk to be able to hand out candy. You could help us set things up and tear them down. You could help us put bags of candy together. You could help us by uh, donating candy or putting money towards the supplies that we'll need for this event, whatever it might be. The way that you can get signed up for these events is by going to our website or going to our social media for all the info on this. Now this event's gonna take place on Saturday, October the 30th, and we cannot wait to link to our community with all of you guys. Now what's even more exciting is what's gonna be planned for the next day, the day after this, that Sunday morning. We are planning our first ever baptisms here at Akuo, and we wanna invite you to get baptized. Now, I get it, some of you might be like, well, I was baptized as a baby, so I don't necessarily really like, need to do this, and I get that. Your, your parents loved you a bunch and wanted to make sure that you were gonna get your life started with Jesus. However, here at Akuo, we celebrate child dedication instead of child baptisms. And the reason that we do that is because we do what are called believer's baptisms, which is just when a believer decides, or when someone decides to believe in Jesus and the things that he did here on this earth, they go ahead and make this outward expression of an inward decision, uh, which is getting baptized. So that day of baptisms, you are just making that public proclamation that you believe by, by jumping in the water. Now, if you're someone who just decided to start believing recently, this would be a great thing for you to participate in. Also, if you were baptized as a baby and you wanna stand up in front of everyone and on your own proclaim that you believe in Jesus on your own and not have your parents bring you up there, we would love for you to get baptized that day as well. Like I said, this will be happening on October 31st, Halloween, yeah. Halloween, we're baptizing people in the name of Jesus. So if you are interested in this, go and get signed up on our website or go to our social media and you can click on some of the links there. Also, invite all your friends, all your family. This is such a special thing that you're gonna be doing. And guys, the reason that we're able to do these things is because of you. Because of your generosity, we're able to uh, have candy and have things available that we're able to buy for our community and, and connect and have all these different events. Because of you, we're able to get the supplies needed to be able to do these baptisms. And it, it's all because of your generosity. And here at Akuo, what we do is practice the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. And we know that when you trust God with what you have, there's a great blessing. And guys, we want you to be able to trust God with what he's given you in his resources. Because we know that when you do that, there will be great blessing. Now, no matter how much you want to give, we just want you to be able to do it so you can see God moving in your life. Now, that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and for your family. Now, if things are tough for you right now, we want to help you out. We, we, we don't need your money. We want to go run after you. We want to be linked to you during this tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. All you have to do is go to our website at cool.church and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.cedaveta at cool.church, or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here to Kuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send us your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to Akuo at PO box 10125, San Antonio, Texas 78201. 
All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone, I ask that you would be speaking to them. Jesus, I pray that they would be able to hear what you're telling them. I pray that you would remind them that you would never flake on them and that you're always there with them. I pray that, pray that you would remind them that they could never separate themselves from your love. They're not that powerful. And your love is so overwhelmingly amazing and beautiful and powerful that you will always hold on to them as soon as they believe. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at one of our community groups this week. Have a good one. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.